0: This is Texas Soccer is Radio. Texas Soccer Radio.
1: This is Texas Soccer
0: this is Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. Esto
2: es Texas Soccer Radio. This
0: is Texas Soccer Radio.
2: This is NBA Draft Radio. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, <laughs> this is Texas Soccer Radio. Um, We are going to talk some soccer tonight. Uh, My name is Kyle Makey. His name is Larry Leathers. And we are very excited to be here every Thursday night, 9 p.m. on the Periscope, uh, twitter.com, at TX Soccer Radio. If you want to hop in here live any Thursday night, well, just about any Thursday night. We'll talk about that later. Um, 9 p.m. We'll be here to uh, crank out the podcast and then have it ready for you Friday mornings wherever you listen to podcasts. So thank you to the Beautiful Game Network for helping us do what we do. Thank you to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, who makes some pretty badass scarves. I want to talk about that more later, but um actually kind of an important PSA here to, to kick us off Larry. Um again starting the show a little serious. Um as much as San Antonio is rivals with them on the field um, RGB is, uh, having some pretty big issues right now. Uh, the, the area of the Rio Grande Valley, um, is having some issues right now with the rain and flooding, uh, that are involved with that. So, uh, if you haven't, uh, gambled away all of your money in World Cup, uh, bettings going for Argentina and, uh, some of these other little scrappy underdogs, um, feel free to give to the South Texas Red Cross, uh, specifically for the RGB flooding, Uh, I'm sure they would very much appreciate it. I'm sure, um, you know, Mikey Lopez put something out on Twitter earlier. He's from Mission, Texas, who's, you know, having having some of these issues, too. So um, there's a phone number available on Twitter, uh, the South Texas Red Cross. You can find them. You can get that number or donate uh, electronically, too, and and they'd really appreciate that, I'm sure. So uh, fuck them on the field, but uh, we're all, all one team here off the field. So here we are. Anyway, man that's a lot of podcasts in a row that we've had to start with serious tone right <laughs> it's been happening more and more lately yeah man uh so hopefully everything's good there we're gonna we're gonna try and kick off some fun try and kick off some soccer talk uh right in the middle of this world cup run so larry how are you doing man how's how's things
0: don't ever buy a house oh god <laughs> please don't ever buy a house I've had way too many crowd and tonight because I am in the middle of beginning the process of trying to buy a house. If you ever decide to think about how much money you need to put down, <laughs> triple it, and then double it again, and you're probably okay, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Not the most, there's a lot of stress around my household right now.
2: <laughs> Should have just upgraded your SAFC season tickets and
0: yeah, screw a house, more soccer. Oh, I'm hoping I can afford SAFC <laughs> next year. Now I may have to cut that out of the budget for a season.
2: Sitting up in in the press box with all of us would be fun. Yeah. fun time. I may
0: have to make use of that. Honestly, <laughs>
2: um, yeah, man, that blows. <laughs> adulting sucks. Like adulting sucks bad. I remember when we lived together, God, almost ten years ago now. Like we we're just young, dumb kids renting a house and not a care in the world. I'm pretty sure we almost burnt that house to the ground on a couple occasions and what was left standing was not in great shape. So it's is, it's weird to be on the other side of that
0: spectrum at this point. This is very true. Very, very true. <laughs> um but in better news with the eighteenth pick in the twenty eighteen NBA draft, the San Antonio Spurs selected Miami guard Alani Walker. Woo. i have no clue who he is so kawaii who <laughs> is that a thing <laughs> well he As... didn't get traded tonight so it's he's still with the spurs for now
2: man what a
0: waste man we're we're
2: gonna turn this into an nba podcast so we're not careful let's talk about san antonio <laughs> fc and uh their one nil victory over sacramento speaking of burning the house down um, they came away with a victory despite all of Sacramento's best efforts. I don't think I have seen a team. It, it reminded me of like the Rocky movies, like the first ones where he's just on the ropes getting the crap knocked out of him, but he's still standing and, and he's still contending. And, um, you know, that felt like SAFC this week where Sacramento, uh, I believe it was 20 corners that they had throughout the game. Um, total shots were 21
0: corners we got one (sighs) we had one to their one their 21 jesus
2: so Um, just insane statistics insane amounts of pressure on that attacking side can you believe we came away with a a clean sheet
0: here uh, i can't when we only took eight (laughs) shots and they took 37 (laughs) this was the defensive performance of the year out of this team and if anybody on the team was uh, Rocky getting the crap kicked out of him, it was Cipri and Hedry, Oh,
2: gosh, that poor guy. <laughs> um, he had a hell of a match and uh, definitely deserves a ton of praise for stepping into that role and playing his ass off. And uh, we have a couple questions on Twitter already about if we think he's going to start in the next match here. And we will answer that soon. But before we do, um, I I just want to mention our friend Iron Pony Chef from the USL Show put on Twitter something along the lines of, oh, crap, the 2017 SAFC team is back. (laughs) And that's what it felt like. It was like a wall and nothing was getting past it. And you were not going to break that clean sheet. (laughs) And it was crazy. And that was on... Restrepo, it was on Felix, it was on Hedrick. Mikey Lopez had a huge save block. Mm-hmm. I'm not even sure what you would call it. It was right on the line. Um, what a team defensive performance. It was
0: really impressive. We were back to the counterattack this game. It was, yeah, it was vintage uh, SAFC here from last year. <laughs> God, it was <laughs> a hell of a game. Man.
2: Felt good to watch. It was fun to watch. It, it was. Uh, you know, ner- nerve wracking to watch, but uh, Cesar Elizondo gets the only goal of the game in the 43rd minute off of a pretty solid pass from Ethan Bryant. And uh if you were there, you probably remember the wind was something else that night. So the fact that they were able to uh, complete that pass and, you know, Elizondo, I don't want to take anything away from him because he got the ball exactly where it needed to be. It was a good shot. Um, but it was really Cohen that blew that the the Sacramento goalkeeper because he came way off his line, but not far enough to actually interfere with Elizondo and he just gave him not a layup. It was not an easy shot by any means. Uh, all praise to Elizondo for making that. Um, but man, Cohen is a better keeper than that. It was pretty surprising to see.
0: But Cohen's a great keeper. I mean, he's yeah. he's super, super solid. And the Sacramento defense has been great this season. So I'm happy to eke out of there with a 1-0 win here in, in San Antonio.
2: Yeah, three points against a team that's near the top of the table. I think they were in second or third
0: last they were in week. Third. Third going into it here. Yeah,
2: crazy. Um, so, Cyprian Hedrick, he got the start in place of Ryan Felix, who was suspended – In sorry, in place uh, Darnell King, who was uh, suspended for yellow card accumulation – and um, this was a question mark for me. I think it was a question mark for a few people out there, um, but Hedrick he came out swinging, man. It was like i I can't remember him playing so well since he's gotten to San Antonio. I feel like that was his best game in the black and Red. Is that fair to say, or is that kind of exaggerating?
0: No it's not exaggerating at all. i mean we We talked about this last week going into this game. Um, discussing who was going to fill in for King. And we, I think we both came away from that discussion saying there was probably three or four players that were ahead of him in line to take that spot. And he came out yeah. there and he made the most of that opportunity for sure. It's, it's going to be hard to bench him going forward if he's going to keep on playing like that.
2: Yeah, so we had a couple Twitter questions specifically about him. And um, so Royce says... I'd like to see Sip as the right center back and King as a wing back. could really jumpstart the offense to afford King the opportunity to get forward more often. Uh, And Mads says, does Cyprian Hedrick get another start this week after uh, last week's performance? Um, And I, I fully agree with Royce and I think he will Mads. I I think he gets the start and you have to find a place for King. um, But I, don't know how you bench Hedrick after a performance like that. What do you think?
0: You can't bench him. You can't bench him. You got to, you got to roll with it now it's working. Yeah. Um, if it stops working, that's a whole different story, but for here from now, yeah, you got to roll with it. You got to find a place for him on the field. Um, it's probably going to mean King moves up a little bit farther on the field, but yeah, uh, yeah you got to get both those guys out there for sure. Because King's been having a hell of a season as well. You can't afford to sit either of them at this point.
2: Yeah. Um I I've said it just about every week, but I think Darnell King has been arguably the best player for San Antonio FC this season. um, As far as kind of playing swinging above his weight a little bit. And uh, sorry, I'm looking for the subs here has who subbed off But not who subbed on. Um, So I I don't see how you take King off, but yeah, you have to find a place for Cyprian Hedrick after last week. Um, So, Yeah, that's what I thought. Omar Gordon came off in the 45th minute and newcomer Charlie Ward got his first minutes in uh, the second half, the beginning of the second half, um, which as a side note, we do have a little post-training interview with Charlie Ward coming up a little later in the show, uh, as well as some audio from head coach Darren Powell. So uh, stick around, you'll be able to hear that. But um, what did you think about Charlie Ward's performance in his first few minutes with San Antonio?
0: No complaints. No complaints. I actually walked out of there thinking he did a pretty solid job. He walked out right out there on that field and started to control things. I mean, right away he was out there barking orders to other players. Um, You can definitely see the experience he has on the field there. I want to see more of him. I'm I'm excited about seeing what he brings to the team for the rest of the season. I think that was a super solid addition here in the middle of the season for us.
2: Yeah. um, I don't want to spoil anything for anyone, but that audio, um, the only other player – not the only other player, but one of the only other players that I've heard talk so passionately about coming out here and kicking butt and kind of get that vibe of having a chip on his shoulder is Mikey Lopez. Uh, And so I think if you have Charlie Ward and Mikey Lopez uh, taking care of that central midfield, it's going to be one of the best in the league has the potential to be one of the best in the league because both of those guys um, came from MLS teams recently and um, probably feel like they deserve to be back at that level, if not top of the USL. So uh, I love that San Antonio is picking up these guys who have, you know, kind of fallen by the wayside or, or had issues that kept them off of their teams or whatever it may be. Cause it's like, they have something to prove.
0: No, it's, it's, it's good to see that passion coming out. Hopefully we see that more from the rest of the team. Um, it's going to be exciting. The second half of the season is going to be super exciting from the looks of it. If we can keep playing like we did this week, it's going to be amazing. We're going to go far, and we're going to, we're going to get a playoff spot, and we're going to do big things this year.
2: Um, so, uh, let's go. Anything else you want to talk about from Sacramento in particular?
0: No, hell of a performance. Yeah. I, I want to see more of it going forward. Same thing, for sure.
2: It's just nuts, man. It's just nuts. I, I can't believe <laughs> – Given how dominant Sacramento was on the attack, um, how much time that they had on the ball and how many shots they were able to take, I can't believe San Antonio held a clean sheet. That was incredible.
0: Fucking wall. That whole defense was a fucking wall this week. Yeah, Sacramento had 70% of the possession. 70%. (laughs) Um, If, If we can hold up to that, then we should be able to hold up to anything.
2: Yeah, without question. So let's look ahead a little bit here. Um, Probably not going to dive super deep into a preview with Reno, um, but they are currently seventh in the league. They, um, I believe, are on quite the unbeaten streak. I'm going to pull that up right now.
0: I Uh, want to say they're going on five games if they win this one. Yeah. Let's see. Reno's been having a good season so far. They really have, and they seem to be finding their form late here. Um, last time we faced them was in May. That was uh, the last game before we went on this homestand here. And we lost 2-1. to one. Yeah.
2: So Reno is on an 11-game unbeaten streak Which right now. It's
0: way more than I thought.
2: <laughs> um, going back to a 4-0 loss uh, April 14th. After that, um, they've come away with two, three, four, five wins, including one over SAFC. Uh, and the rest were draws. Um, very few 0-0 games here. <laughs> Only two games. Uh, so, you know, like we saw before, they're a very attacking-minded team and they're going to be a tough team. But, um, you know, this was before San Antonio switched to that three-in-the-back, five-in-the-back formation. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see how that changes things against Reno. Um, you know, Obviously, we don't know. How it's going to line up exactly, especially if you're trying to fit Cyprian Hedrick in there. But it's exciting to kind of get this rematch here with this new look offense or new look formation.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I I want to, I want to play spoilers for Reno because they are unbeaten on the road so far. Um, They've had three wins and five draws on the road. So it'd be nice to be that one for them so far coming up. Muck it up for them. (laughs) um yeah no it's gonna be a a hell of a game because it's we are running quite the different team now from what they saw back in uh the end of may i think we're gonna give them a quite a bit more trouble this weekend
2: yeah for sure sure. um last time it was on the road uh on a road trip i believe they had vegas right after reno Uh, Mm um and it was it was a different team man (laughs) it'll be really interesting to see what happens here um This is the time of year that's always the most exciting for San Antonio FC because for whatever reason, there's the team that starts the season and then a couple weeks in some things change and then right around June, July stuff tends to get figured out and tends to get set for the back half of the season. And historically, it's been pretty good for San Antonio. So uh, hopefully they can keep this little good run of form and uh come away with a win at home i think Um, we can
0: do it i definitely think we can come away with a win at home yeah Um, i think the scoring's going to be a little bit bit heavier than last week i don't think it's going to be a 1-0 game by any means i'm thinking probably my guess right now is 2-1 san antonio i'm
2: going mm, i'm going 1-1 um i think it'll be a good game but i think uh, man that doesn't feel right either 1-1 doesn't feel right either (laughs) I'm gonna copy you and go two one San Antonio win because I don't see them drawing at this point. I feel like at this point um, they're they're either gonna win or they're gonna lose. And they're coming off
0: they're coming off two draws. Yeah, against Orange Orange County and Fresno. So
2: I feel like San Antonio is frustrated with draws, Uh, and I feel like that locker room from what we've seen after games and during some training. I feel like they know that they need to win. And um, when you're in that situation, those one-point games do add up, but it's already almost July. And so you can't bank on those going into the back half of the season. So I think we're going to see several more three-point performances or zero-point performances going forward where it's uh, a little all or nothing. So I'm going 2-1 San Antonio. Sounds good. Um, so... We do have some audio from Charlie Ward and Darren Powell. I feel like I had one more thing that I want to talk about before that. Um, Oh, I do. Uh, Darren Powell, uh, SAFC rather, announced that they're doing another run with Darren um, before Saturday's match. Um, You can find all that information on their social media accounts and everything else. But um, for those who aren't aware, Darren Powell is uh, hosting a few different 5Ks to, uh, run for Parkinson's awareness and uh, to, um, you know, just bring awareness to that terrible disease. And so you'll be able to do that Saturday morning uh, before the game. So you can look into that. I believe it's the tough Texas or Texas tough 5k it's in uh, Bernie. I think it goes from scenic loop cafe, if I'm not mistaken. So
0: that sounds yeah. right.
2: <laughs> check that out. I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm not hundred percent sure, but I'm hoping to make one. Um, Anyway, we're going to try this live for the first time. So if you're watching on Periscope, (laughs) uh, you are part of the experiment here. Um, Here is some audio from earlier today from the end of training with SAFC midfielder Charlie Ward. So join now with newest San Antonio FC member Charlie Ward. Uh, Charlie, what's it like being in San Antonio
1: over the last couple weeks here? It's been exciting. It's been Obviously, from Houston and everything that went on there with me being let go and speaking to the manager and then finding a new opportunity. And this just seemed like the perfect fit. So, Darren, Andy, all the staff that have been welcoming, I'm excited to be here. And like I say, I got my first minutes on Saturday and just try and build from there now and have a good uh, end to the season. And what was it like being on the other side of that fan base for Toyota Field? You have a little experience here with
2: RGV before. Yeah. So, what was it like having the fans behind you this time?
1: Uh, it's good. I'm, I really appreciate Obviously, me being an RGV player and now something San Antonio, but like I say, RGV's gone. This is my team now. These are my fans now. And like I say, as sad as it is, I had spent a good two years there. This is my team now, and I'm excited. I'm excited for all the fans. to welcome welcoming on Saturday. And like I say, it's just, I'm just excited to be here to finish the end of the season. And like I said, we're aiming for playoffs. When you get in playoffs, anything can happen. I've been there before, so when you get over that playoff line, one match, anything goes. How hard is it to come in
2: in the middle of the season like this and kind of pick up uh, where everybody else
1: is? Ah... Uh, yeah, it's it's t- it's gonna take time. I got my first minutes on Saturday, and I'm no, I don't feel anywhere near my full fitness. But that comes with games, comes with training every day. Speaking to the staff, having a set plan, and like I said, that'll come. I've played in this league before. I have played at MLS. I'm looking to come here and be what I was before, the best player in this league. And like I said, that's what I'm trying to do. And hopefully, can do that in this team. And we all complement each other, and we get what we all want, and that's to win.
2: And, The club's been on a pretty good streak lately uh, as far as how
1: they've been playing. How do you keep that momentum going? I think every game's different. I think Reno's going to be a tough test this week. I think every game's tough in this league, away or home. And yeah, we've won the last two games. Open Cup, we should have won as well. So we're excited for this next game. Darren's got us training and set up right, like I say. We're going into every game looking to win. And we'll do that for the club, for the fans that come out every week. And it's exciting. Well, thanks for uh, giving right. us stuff. I appreciate it, man. It's good to see
2: you. So there's Charlie Ward. Does that sound okay?
0: Yeah, it sounded good over here. We did. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so here's some audio from head coach Darren Powell, also from uh, after training today. Join with Darren Powell, head coach of San Antonio FC. Darren, your team is on a little bit of a streak right now, a few games in a row of positive play. Uh, what does that do for the team's mentality and, and where you're at right now?
3: Thanks for having me, Kyle. Um, yeah, no, we're very excited. I think uh, things are trending upwards. The level of performances are getting better. We're all slightly different in terms of what were, what were the strengths in, in a particular game and, and what we can continue to improve on from, from game to game. So, you know, it'd be nice to put everything together in, in, in a match, which hopefully will be something very soon. But as long as we're showing progress in, in those categories then we can continue to, to improve and the players are feeling obviously more and more confident. But this Saturday, we have a very talented Reno team that I think are 11 games unbeaten at this point in time. So it was a good matchup a couple of weeks ago, a very tough matchup. And now it's, uh, you know, at our home field and we have to look forward to Saturday night.
2: We saw in the previous game, uh, Cyprian Hedrick come back in and play
3: really well. You've got a
2: new midfielder in Charlie Ward. Um, How do you kind of make those decisions on who's getting that call up for the 11 each week?
3: Yeah, no, the, you know, fair play to all the players in this squad. They make difficult, you know, make us have to make some difficult decisions. And what we have to look at is obviously game to game, what the opposition strengths and weaknesses are, what the matchups we feel will be strong for the team. And um, you know, in, in this current time, we have to look at you know who's going to be available for Saturday and who can certainly contribute from from moment, from the first whistle to the last whistle and making, making this team better. And, and that's what we do, we sit around as a, as a staff in terms of preparing and getting our preparation right and our planning right. And you know, we're just excited to, to have a lot of uh, good performances week on week out that make uh, the coaching staff have difficult decisions. And we saw a uh, clean
2: sheet in the previous game with Diego Restrepo and the defense kind of standing on their heads at times and, and making pretty incredible stops um there was some joking on social media about oh no the 2017 squad is back so uh, what does it feel like to have that uh,
3: notoriety as a very defensively tough squad again i think you know every game is different you know whenever you step onto the field there's two teams playing so you know we're very fortunate in this league we get to scout one another so there's not necessarily always that many surprises but coaches will make tweaks here and there to, to, to make it difficult for the opposition so you know every game takes on its a life of its own um, we always come in with an attacking plan and defending plan and you know sometimes you know your, your best type of defense is by attacking and uh, you know that's and sometimes that's vice versa so last Saturday night's game uh, you know was uh, slightly slightly different than, than what was anticipated but the players adjusted very quickly because we've know you plan for that as well um where if this happens then we do this if this happens then we do that and so they're they're the sort of things that you know when you have a good squad of players that take a lot of pride in that um, they're able to adjust in those moments and you know saturday they certainly did we made a couple of little tweaks early on in the game which then allowed us to get a goal in the game and then that had something to fight for and second half Sacramento is a very talented team, as you saw last night. They took LAFC to the very final final whistle in the Open Cup. So they're a very talented team on a good run of form. So we had to make sure we contained them and limited their chances from, you know, outside the frame of the goal and uh, you know, and that maybe outside the box. So their chances that are going if you're going to give them up, you know, we expect um, our defence to be able to handle those. But bottom line is, each game we come with a defensive plan. An attacking plan, and then it's you know it's up to the players to execute that. and If we have to make some adjustments, that's what we do. Well, thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Kyle.
2: All right, so that was some audio from Head Coach Darren Powell and from midfielder Charlie Ward. Um, so yeah, it's it's always good to chat with them. Like I said, I was really excited to see kind of that fire that Ward had. Um, it, it kind of felt like you know, he was ready to show Houston and RGB that they made a mistake letting him go and, and not getting him more time. So it's always a good sign when you have a player looking to prove something, right?
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's shown with Escalante too. I mean, coming from the same place, he's been a hell of a player out there on the field so far this year. Um, and it really looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder every week, um, trying to prove them wrong for letting him go. Yeah, Hopefully we will see the same out of Charlie going forward
2: yeah hopefully um so going um i guess i should turn my phone down you probably heard that huh
0: yeah just a little it's okay <laughs> <laughs> gotta get those uh, text notifications yeah right
2: uh i need to change it because it sounds kind of like that clicking from that movie hereditary and every time it freaks me out a little bit because i'm a big wuss
0: i haven't seen uh, that one yet oh, you need to man. go see it
2: saw incredibles 2 the other day that's uh
0: <laughs> so did i it was
2: great good movie oh, yeah only cried for about 10 minutes after that short but you know it's all good parent life hashtag dad life
0: <laughs> i i wish it had ended somewhere in the middle um i think you can pick the spot but uh yeah i thought that was the end and it wasn't spoiler <laughs> yeah,
2: dark dark af um well it was better than the uh olaf quote-unquote short that they put before coco like What should we put before Coco, the first, like, heavily Mexican-influenced Pixar film? Oh, I know, a bunch of white people dancing around for 20 minutes. That'll show them. (laughs) Like, (laughs) whose idea was that? (laughs) Anyway, um, let's dive into Austin. And there is a lot to cover from Austin. And I don't know that we're going to be able to get to everything. Um, I don't know how relevant everything that we are able to get to will be by... Friday afternoon or early next week. So um, take all of this with a grain of salt that it may have changed. um, And that is part of why we're not going to dive super, super deep into it. Um, Obviously, as always, uh, Chris Bills is a phenomenal person to follow on Twitter. Uh, He works with the Austin American Statesman. Um, Mickey Turner is a lawyer out of Seattle who is covering a lot of this stuff. Um, And obviously there's some Austin bias in it, but the MLS and Austin supporters group and the assist podcast uh, are extremely well informed with everything Um, though. Obviously they uh, fall on one side of the
0: effort there,
2: Um, but super good guys. And uh, you know, they, they understand everything that's going on for sure. So we're going to dive into it just a little bit here and we're going to start you want to start in Ohio actually yeah let's start in ohio and work our way to texas that's kind of shorter um so psv and mls uh are currently in a legal battle with the state of ohio uh or in the state of ohio i believe it's with the city of columbus but Mm -hmm. i actually have to double check on that but um they were appealing they filed an appeal for a lawsuit uh, regarding the modell law and um the appeal was denied um so and basically it wasn't anything from and this is all um from socceresq.com. it's mickey turner's website very much highly recommend checking it out um he does a great job way better than i can it's almost like he went to law school and i didn't crazy right um (laughs) So basically, what he says is that, or my understanding of what he says is that the reason it was rejected was because the Model Law has not been proven unconstitutional in the court of law yet. Um, so, in order for the appeal that MLS and PSV filed to be accepted, they actually needed to wait for a ruling on the Model Law. Uh, in order to get a ruling on the Model Law, they're going to have to reveal who these local bidders are, uh, or not PSV and MLS, but the other side of it, uh, are going to have to reveal who the local bidders are uh, wanting to take over Columbus Crew and keep it in Columbus. So um, there's a lot at stake at letting this play out in trial as far as the privacy goes for these numbers, because uh, there's an NDA involved that is keeping a lot of it um, away from public eye. So... What do you think on the Ohio side of things? what do you think of the latest that we've seen so far?
0: I mean it's a win for Columbus and Columbus fans in Columbus at this point um it's not any real sort of resolution, but it's a it's an a tiny win it's a yeah. Win tiny win for them at this point at least they're going to get the chance to go and figure out the model on if it actually applies and it's also going to give them the opportunity to go through a fair bidding process i would guess um because they're going to have to give out all those valuations um it may reset that whole six month notice business as well um so there may be a whole another round of bidding for columbus and an opportunity to come up with a plan to keep the crew in columbus long term
2: yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see what happens if this plays out in court. Um, I, I don't expect it to from everything I've seen um, because MLS has a lot to lose there, honestly. And the Columbus ownership, um, you know, they say that they have local bidders and they say they have the money, but they haven't had to prove that yet uh, publicly. So there's things to be lost on both sides of it. Um, I I don't think it'll go to trial and and we'll get this whole discovery process, but um, it could, (laughs) it would be super interesting if it does. Um, And it will drag this out exponentially if it does um, on on that end of things. So um, that's pretty much all I had for Ohio. Do you have anything else that?
0: No, it's, it's, it's just another thing. That's not good for pre-court. And it's another thing impeding this move to to Austin and dragging out the timeline. Yeah.
2: And one of the biggest problems is that um, it it stalls a lot of other things too, because if Sacramento is looking at pre-court as a potential investor, it stalls there. Obviously the relocation Austin stalls things in San Antonio um, and really we don't even know what is moving behind the scenes anyway with MLS because they said they were going to announce the two teams at the beginning of the year, uh, which obviously ended up being Nashville and Cincinnati, but we didn't end up getting them until almost halfway through the season. So right. who knows what timeline we're on for those other two spots, or if there are even only a, two other spots or, or what that is doing for the expansion process. So it's a lot of question marks, um, on that end, but, um, things not being settled with relocation is probably, um, not great for San Antonio, um, one way or another, obviously, you know, being in flux is almost worse than a relocation because then you're not sure what you have to plan for.
0: Well, the next step, we mentioned it last podcast, but the next step for the MLS side of things will come I believe it's the first week of August when they have their next owner's meeting. That's when they're set to discuss the next round of expansion. So first or second week of August, we may have some more answers as far as the expansion process goes.
2: So before that we do have an Austin city council meeting on June 28th, and this is kind of being pitched as uh, decision day for all intents and purposes. Um, It looks like that's going to be the day where this really gets battled out on if city council is going to accept uh, or put out requests for proposals for the McCallum Place site, or if they're going to accept, uh, or not accept, but uh, have the city manager enter negotiations with PSV, uh, or if they're going to do both, which um, I don't know how they can do both, but um, council member pool seems to think that they are complementary to each other and and they can both be done where psv disagrees right. strongly so where man where all this awesome stuff general thoughts where where do you want to start i guess is what i should say
0: Well, it's going to be a long day on the 28th for us probably yes. we're going to be sitting there listening to a city council meeting all day long uh the article or the two items are number 60 and 64th on the docket um, they both have four council members uh, supporting them and co signing on them. Uh, the one to enter exclusive negotiating with the, the city manager with PSV is supported by mayor Adler um, and, if, and three other more three others uh, The other one has four as well and then there 's a couple council members that are still up in the air so There could be some swing votes happening that day. (laughs) It's going to get messy, I think. It's going to get real messy. But I think you're right. That's going to be the day where a lot of this is hammered out. And from the sounds of some things, some big decisions could be made that day. Yeah.
2: I think we're going to see a lot of stuff happen uh, Friday and going into next week up until that city council meeting. I think we're going to see a lot of money being thrown on both sides and a lot of statements being thrown out for both sides and I think it could get pretty interesting. Um obviously we've seen some speculation that the USL Austin group is involved in some of the anti-MLS rhetoric and some of the anti-MLS stadium uh surveys and that kind of stuff. So man, it, it has the potential to get really ugly here. And I don't know which way it's gonna go. I genuinely don't. Do you have any sort of feeling or are you kind of with me where it's just
0: total guess? You know, we've talked about it a lot behind the scenes and I still stand by the fact that I don't know how you, I think they have to go through the process of evaluating other proposals for the city. I think that's the only fair way to do it. And you've got to make sure you're doing what's right for the city as a whole. I know a major league sport would be great, but if there's a better opportunity on the table, you have to take that. And I think there might be some better opportunities on the table, unfortunately, especially in regards to money coming into the city um, with some of these mixed-use proposals. They've, they're have they slinging around big numbers and way bigger numbers than Columbus is going to bring or the crew are going to bring if they come here to Austin. So, oh, God, it's, it's messy. Yeah. <laughs> it's politics. It's always yeah, messy, but it's really. messy. I... Like, just to play devil's
2: advocate, because like I said, I genuinely don't know which way it's going to go, but just to play devil's advocate, there's other people arguing that the McCallum Place site is um, zoned as a commercial site, not a mixed-use site, not a site set aside for affordable housing or anything else. None of these conversations were happening before pre-court, and the city kind of decided that this was going to be the site for the MLS stadium, potentially. so there's some issues there and obviously like one of the things that kept being brought up is you can build a shopping center and some housing just about anywhere in the city. Um, but the places where you can build an MLS stadium are not very frequent, not very (laughs) numerous. And that is something that I think is going to factor into all of this is that, um, you know, you can build housing just about anywhere, um, and and you should, that should be a priority. Um, But there's not a lot of places left in the Austin area where you can build a soccer stadium and not end up in Cedar Park or Round Rock or one of these other places where the other stadiums have ended up. And I think that may be a deciding factor, it might not. But uh, I think the most interesting quotes come out of the work session last week was that, there are members of city council who don't believe this is Austin's only shot at MLS. Right. And I think that's going to influence them significantly.
0: Well, I mean, there's been some interesting things said since the session, especially with Richard Suttle, who's the lobbyist hired by PSV and MLS. Um, he made mention this week that, you know, there's 10 other expansion cities out there that are putting out some, uh, good offers. And so yeah. with incentive lated offers to have a team in their city. So, it was a pretty, pretty non veiled threat that uh, they would just jump ship and go somewhere, take their money and their team somewhere else if they needed to.
2: It's kind of interesting that he said that. Like, I've been talking it over with some people, and it seems like there's two ways of it being taken. One, that, hey, we need to hurry because one of these other 10 cities are going to beat us to earn a spot to MLS. Uh, or two, which is the way I took it, which is we're just going to take our team to one of these other 10 cities, um, which is a pretty bold statement to make if that was the intent behind it. Uh, it also makes me question what Settle knows about the other bids, because we know pre-court was on the expansion committee. And for Settle to be talking about incentives that they're willing to offer is pretty reckless, I think. Um, not not a very polished statement uh, compared to what we've seen from that organization.
0: Well, you've got to think they know something at least because of owners meetings in regards to expansion. So at least semi dumbed down presentations about these potential cities that are coming in at these owner owners meetings is happening. So you'd think pre-court knows a little bit, but I think it was a screw up on the part of subtle to say this, like let's just, you know, we're trying to get a deal done with this city and this city council right now. Let's just threaten them, you know, like, Let's try to play hardball. Like you either you either do this now or you don't do this at all. Yeah. Should we get off the pot? Like, come on. I, that's with this up in the air as everything seems right now with that city council and them them being pretty evenly divided. It would seem that doesn't doesn't seem like the smart play.
2: It's definitely a change of tone, if nothing else. Um, and whether that's the winning play or or a mistake, only time will tell. But. Um, it's interesting to see this change of tone and I think it's needed because we've been basically in the same place since October of last year in that um, pre-court sports ventures wants to move their team to Austin. Um, Really the only thing that's changed is that they've narrowed down to one site and now that one site is potentially in question depending on what city council decides. Um, So I, I can see why there's a change of tone in that aspect of like, hey guys it's it's been almost a year really it's almost july which is almost october right i guess that's a little jump but (laughs) i'm just ready for summer to be over it's hot but uh no i i think i kind of understand why there would be some frustration there but i don't know if that's the winning play with these council members who are kind of on the fence agreed we'll see um Anything else Austin-wise? I know there's a ton to talk about, but it just feels like it's going to be outdated.
0: by. Yeah, until we get more information next week, that, yeah, it's going to be, we'll know more then. Yeah, I think we're going to have to have a long Austin episode, possibly after that city council meeting while they're on their uh, break at some point in July.
2: Yeah, and I'd love to get Mickey Turner on the podcast. I'd love to get Chris Bills and... A lot of a lot of folks who are really tied in and and you know really dig into this as things develop because we should know a lot more after that June twenty eighth meeting about what's going to happen because after that city council goes on break for the entire month of July and doesn't come back until the beginning of August and at that point um, that MLS owners meeting is going to have occurred or getting ready to occur.
0: Sure, it's. I think it's the first week of August. So. Yeah. Should so you right around the same time,
2: you know, you're, if you're PSV, you need to have at least a direction that you can report back that you're going in at that point. Um And who knows where the Columbus case will be by then the lawsuit stuff. And um this is, this is huge. I, I can't undersell how big the 28th is going to be. Unless something crazy changes. It, it really is potentially a deciding factor in if austin gets mls in 2019 or 2020 or you know if they're waiting even longer for an expansion franchise rather than psv right or the relocated chicago fire (laughs) (laughs) restart the clock oh god we're canceling the apocalypse don't say Uh, that
0: don't say it
2: (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, that's, I know that's not the most informative Austin discussion that we could have, but it's just so hard in podcast format because everything changes so quickly. Um, And yeah, that's, that's pretty much all we're going to be able to do tonight. So uh, again, at Chris Bills on Twitter, uh, at Mickey Turner or at Turner ESQ, I think on Twitter, um, turneresq.com and uh the assist austin and mls and austin sg are all super great resources and of course us we do our best too but you know social media man it's quick
0: (laughs) it's always changing never sleeps
2: (laughs) um speaking of never sleeping let's talk about las vegas (laughs) you see that sweet transition our favorite club ever yeah, man. freaking Vegas. This, uh, this was a Las Vegas Lights podcast for a minute there. And uh, it, it hasn't been for a little while. It's been a little uneventful until um, Cellis found himself suspended for eight games, eight more games. Um, and this is a non-appealable offense, non-appealable decision by the league so he was suspended for laying hands on a fan after their game in phoenix um, both las vegas lights and usl put out statements you can find those at calledoffside.com there's an article up there about it um, and basically what it sounds like happened was a fan said something inappropriate which he shouldn't he or she should not have done uh, let's make that clear the fans should not have done that um, but then Cellis put uh, his hands on this fan and uh, asked him to repeat what they said or something like that. I'm going to pull this statement up. But the gist of it is you can't touch a fan no matter what they're saying. So Cellis gets the suspension for eight games.
0: <laughs> so in true Vegas fashion, I-, I have an idea. And my idea is that we get Dana White on the phone. We talk to the Bellagio. <laughs> and some way, somehow, we have a Las Vegas Lights cage fight in the UFC in the undercard between Chalice and this fan. I'm on board with that,
3: 100%. <laughs> I mean,
0: it seems like something Vegas would do. I'm just throwing it out there. So Dana White, if you're listening, I know you're not, but please, <laughs> please make this happen for me.
2: <laughs> we'll get the llamas to hold the cards in between the rounds.
0: Oh, my God. Awesome. They're going to be in bikinis, right? Llamas in bikinis? <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
2: um, so in the club statement, it said, uh, after Wednesday's match in Phoenix, there was an incident with a fan who yelled a profanity to which Chelsea uh, inappropriately responded by placing his hand on the individual while asking the fan to repeat what he said. Both the club and Chelys regret the incident. Um, is that the most like gangster shit that you could like I feel like that's something that you would see in like a mob movie or like uh what oh my god what's that movie the uh oh my god you oh my god I'm blanking oh no what is it (laughs) oh with the bar scene with uh the guy Oh my gosh, I'm having a total meltdown.
0: (laughs) Let's just move on. I'll figure it out. It's the Wild West out in Vegas, okay? So this this happening does not surprise me at all at the end of the day. Um, Anything goes out there. (laughs) What will Vegas do next? Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. I just...
2: What is a technical director even doing on the touchline? Like... I think touching Powell, a fan. Yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. <laughs> like, could you imagine? Like, I think Darren Powell is the technical director for San Antonio FC, but could you imagine if Tim Holt, the managing director, was down on the touchline just like having at it with fans, like in a negative way?
0: <laughs> the touchline isn't for touching? What do you
2: mean? Good fellas, that's the movie I was thinking <laughs> of God. I am thoroughly embarrassed that it took me so long to find Goodfellas, and (laughs) I was thinking of Joe Pesci in the bar scene. um, Okay, and but I couldn't think of Joe Pesci's name, so I just had to Google Wet Bandits from Home (laughs) (laughs) Alone.
0: If you had said that,
2: I would have been able to help you there. oh my god goodfellas it sounds like a character from goodfellas like ask him to repeat what he said after he yelled a profanity i i'm all in man i'm <laughs> if i if i had a uh las vegas lights kit i'd be wearing it proud tonight um which speaking of i say that jokingly but there actually have been some fans calling about uh his behavior and what role he is supposed to have at the club why he's on the touchline at all all of these very valid questions so uh props to the, the vegas fan base for not um not taking it too lightly so it's kind of embarrassing
0: but so what if we di- move him from being technical director and now he's head of security <laughs> 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 yes i'm getting progressively more ridiculous here <laughs> Couldn't
2: hurt, it's right? <laughs> What's the worst thing that could happen? He touches a fan?
0: <laughs> said bad things. Uh,
2: had we, had, <laughs> we had one more uh, Twitter interaction, one more Twitter question here from Pete. Um, our good friend Pete at Pete is writing. Um, you guys ever talk about San Antonio getting a Liga MX team instead of MLS? Read that somewhere a few months ago. Um, That is an idea that gets floated around every so often. Uh, The issue with it is that since uh, the United States has a uh, sanctioned top division league, um, teams in the United States can't play for Mexico, which also has a top sanctioned division league um, without a extremely difficult to get waiver. Um, so that waiver is why uh, is part of why the Canadian teams are able to play in MLS. The other part being that Canada doesn't have a top division league at the moment, um, so they're able to drop down into uh, the United States top league. But uh, yeah, if San Antonio could get a Liga MX team, they would do it in a heartbeat. There's zero question. Like the fans would be, you know, maybe maybe not all the fans. I'm not going to speak for everybody here, but um, there would be a huge groundswell of fans that would be showing up for Liga MX matches, um, both English and Spanish speaking, and uh, would probably be significantly more successful than an MLS team um, pretty much anywhere in the country. So um, yeah, if the Spurs could do that, they do in a heartbeat. But unfortunately, it's a, a FIFA rule. And Since FIFA isn't accepting truckloads of cash like they used to, um, probably not going to happen. We'll see. It is FIFA, though. You never know. (laughs) I saw Sepp Blatter, um, Mr. Six-Year Ban from the World Cup. Sepp Blatter was at the World Cup in Russia this week as a personal guest of uh, Vladimir Putin. So that was solid work, FIFA. You showed him.
0: (laughs) I don't know that you tell Putin no in this situation. You're hey, just like, you're eh, that, if that's all he wants, okay, just let <laughs> he can have his friends there.
2: My favorite thing, and I'm not, I don't want this to get taken the wrong way because I'm not advocating for the chant by any means, but I do think it is very humorously ironic that Mexico got fined $10,000 for doing the chant because it's um, a, uh anti It's a homophobic uh, slur, I think is what FIFA said. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they get fined, but the World Cup is in Russia this year, where it is not illegal to be gay, but pretty close. Um, And then the next cycle, it's in Qatar. Um, So yeah, you showed Mexico for saying that bad word. (laughs) Really stood up for equal rights here by finding Mexico 10 grand and then giving Russia and Qatar world cups back to back.
0: Interesting. Choices. <sighs> anyway, we didn't have world cup on the list tonight.
2: We didn't. Yeah. Any, any fun stuff from world cup that you've seen
0: <laughs> Bye, Lionel Messi. Sorry. Bye. Bye, bye, <laughs> little
2: messy guy.
0: Oh, that's not that. That group is not turning out the way I planned. Cause I had Argentina, Ar- Argentina and Iceland. I, I need Iceland to win tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. I I mean
2: Argentina is not eliminated yet as far as I've seen, if I'm not, not correct. But it's gonna be really flipping hard for them to uh advance out of that group stage. They need a few things to go their way.
0: They they need Iceland to lose tomorrow is really what they need.
2: Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> oh, that's oh man. How about Russia? Russia getting six points.
2: How about Russia, man? (laughs) Worst. And, (laughs) you know, there's jokes to be made about, you know, match fixing and all that, but they've been playing well compared to their opponents. Like, they're not in the toughest group by any means, but it's not like they're getting these crazy calls that are, uh, you know, blatantly paying off refs or anything.
0: Yeah, but you're playing against Sala and Egypt in that group. And yeah. Egypt has zero points right now. Yeah, Uruguay and Russia have six each. Like, holy shit, this is not panning out the way I thought.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's really weird to see Russia at the top of that group. <laughs> um, and other than Argentina, oh, and Germany lost. Germany, A, yeah. Man um so i was at a german bar and wearing my german shirt (laughs) my german kit and uh the whole bar like there was like a corner full of mexico fans (laughs) that was so much louder than the rest of the bar because uh it was brutal to watch it you know germany hasn't played well in qualifying going into it and they didn't play well in that match against mexico and Here we are.
0: Mexicans fans caused an earthquake in Mexico celebrating that win. It registered as an earthquake from them celebrating.
2: So, is Landon Donovan a bandwagoner now? Is that something that we can fairly say?
0: (laughs) I don't know. I mean, that depends on how much Wells Fargo pays him. Oh,
2: my other team is Wells Fargo. I'm Landon Donovan. That's what he sounds like. You didn't know that, but that's actually a very spot-on Landon Donovan impression. You just, yeah, you know, maybe you don't know it.
0: I, I'm disappointed in you, Kyle, for being at that German bar in your German kit and not embracing our neighbors to the south. Okay. Hey, <laughs> I <laughs> Landon would be disappointed in you. Yeah, he
2: would. <laughs> um, I don't want to get too serious here, but I. I I don't care if you support two teams. I don't care if you support Mexico and the United States. More power to you, man. Like, um, I I don't have anything against Mexico, really, other than like they're the rivals of the United States soccer team. Um, My kid, uh, some of his family comes from Mexico. If he wants to root for El Tri, I'll be the first one to buy him a jersey and I'll be happy to do it. I'll buy us both jerseys. Yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, and that game in particular, I was pulling for Germany just because. Like I live in a German town, I was at a German bar. Come on, like what else am I gonna do? <laughs> My last name is Manke. That's that's
0: pretty German. Um, You're gonna wear an Iceland jersey like the rest of Iceland. Yeah, like oh, the rest man. of America, man. They're the team to jump on. They had 97 percent of the televisions in Iceland tuned to the game on game day,
2: and the other three percent were the guys on the field. That's
0: right. That's right. <laughs>
2: so i saw this question posed on reddit i think would you want to see landon donovan play in usl like if san antonio fc signed landon donovan tomorrow
0: um
2: after we got done apologizing would you want to see him play for safc or for any team in usl
0: oh i don't want to see him on safc absolutely not um i want him to go to rgv so that nobody can see him play in the valley and we can kick his ass two times a year (laughs)
2: Man, I genuinely cannot wait to play RGV again for San Antonio FC to play RGV again because Charlie Ward, man, he was pumped up when I was talking to him today. Jose Escalante's been playing his ass off. Kyle Murphy's played really well in the time that he's gotten. Him and Ward almost connected in that Sacramento
0: game. Like we've got the RGV trifecta out there now.
2: I'm on board with it, man. Like, give us your your cast off and your spurned and like. Give us your, your scraps and we'll turn them into gold or something. I don't know. I love it. I love like that chip on their shoulder, like ready to prove everybody wrong attitude. I'm all about that.
0: Well, you've got to wait ahead of you. We don't play them again until <clears throat> August 29th. Perfect. In RGV. Perfect. And then, of course, in true fashion, our final game of the season is against RGV in San Antonio. Of course.
2: Yeah, they haven't played at all yet this year, right? Uh, no. I remember seeing that it was. Believe so. Sorry, I keep asking you these questions that I can easily look at, like
0: right in front. No, of No, we me. played them in May. It was 0-0. Zero, zero. Oh, we played in year Gotcha.
2: Oh man, well I'm glad we stuck to that 45 minute goal that we had tonight. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we the,
0: we're, we're right at the hour mark. It's perfect.
2: Yeah, perfect. Uh, I'm going to take it over here with uh, a bunch of reads that I'm going to do. So we almost made the hour. We'll be over by a little bit. But anything else that you want to say before we call it a night?
0: No, that's good. Thanks for listening, listening, everybody.
2: <laughs> this was fun. Um, thank you, especially to the Beautiful Game Network. Um, and thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US soccer. You can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Before you turn it off, before you turn the podcast off, a quick scheduling announcement. We are not going to have a live episode next week. We're um, the, the, just not. doesn't matter why. Um, but... Instead of that, we're going to try and put out another episode at some point, either this weekend or early next week. Um, we're not exactly sure when it's going to be, and we're not 100% sure what the content is going to be. But um, more than likely, it'll probably end up being a replay of uh, some more in-depth interviews with SAFC players or, uh, you know, if, if we can grab somebody else again. We'll but uh, just a heads up. So there will be another episode before next week thursday and then we won't be here until um july thursday july 6th at 9 p.m central Uh, and then the podcast will be back july 7th the day afterward like normal so it's crazy that's already july almost
3: oh god man
0: we've got three games in between now and our next episode
2: Maybe we'll jump on Periscope. I don't know. Yeah,
0: we'll figure something out.
2: But but it's not going to be a a podcast version of the show for sure next week. Maybe we'll jump on Periscope. Keep an eye on social media.
0: Maybe the week of July 4th you'll get double episodes. Maybe one on Monday night and maybe one on Thursday night that week. So we can cover what happened in Reno and against Colorado on the 30th and then give a preview for OKC on the 4th and Santos Laguna on the 8th.
2: Thing. there's nothing going on
0: uh, <laughs> it's not a major holiday or anything I mean...
2: oh man um so yeah we'll probably jump on periscope at some point point. Uh, and in case you didn't know i know most people know like this but if you have a twitter account you have a periscope account so you know you don't have to sign up for anything or jump over to a different site or anything like that so uh, very easily accessible that's why we do it um Last thing, again, I want to remind you, RGB is having a tough time right now, the region of uh, Rio Grande Valley. Uh, please consider giving to the South Texas Red Cross if you can. Um even a dollar, ten dollars, whatever you have is uh, is very worth it. Right? And it's going to help fellow Texans and your your soccer family there, even though they are. So uh, please consider doing that. Thank you so, so much for listening. And we will catch you at some point in the future. Take care.